Namaskar. Hello and welcome to P Guru's Prime Time. I'm your host Sri Ayer, and today I have the pleasure of company of JVC Sriram, and we're going to try and make this a fortnightly process where on every alternate Thursdays we will be listening to uh, JVC Sriram and Karthik Gopinath. Karthik Gopinath is up for next Thursday, so do tune in next Thursday too. But before we get into our today's topic, which is I guarantee you it's going to be very interesting. is that please do like this channel you would like it to reach as many people as possible we're going to jump right into the subject uh sriram namaskaram and welcome to p guru's channel namaskaram sir hope all uh, well the, yes uh, all is well and i hope the same with you and your family jvc and uh, i want to start by uh, you know uh, asking you a straight question how many people are actually uh controlling this dmk government meaning like there are there are murmurs that there are not one centers of power but there are three centers of power is it true and in that case which power center does mr ptr who is the person that we are going to discuss at some length belong to so see it is a known fact that there are multiple power centers as far as this present dmk government is concerned the the state is led by the honorable chief minister mr d, d uh, mk challen his son is a very important component uh, which is called as the kitchen cabinet and uh, mr udayanidhi challen who is uh, looked at as an heir apparent for the throne and then you have uh, the uh, son in law of mr challen uh, mr sabarizan who happens to be an uh, probably called as an intellectual side or conscience keeper of mr mk challen there is also Dayanidhi Maran, who uh, was the brother of uh, Kalanidhi Maran, who owns the Sun Pictures and the MP and a former Union Minister. There is also uh, Mrs. Kanimori, who happens to be the stepsister of uh, Mr. M. K. Stalin. So there are multiple power centers. There is absolutely no two ways about it. And uh, Mr. P. T. R. Pineyvel Rajan certainly does belong to Mr. Sabarizan's camp for a simple reason that it was on upon the insistence of mr sabarizan that mr ptr was inducted into the dmk first as an mla and then as now the uh, finance minister of tamil nadu i hope i have answered this question because they are related to each other and on the, on the second uh, thing mr sabarizan himself became the son in law of uh, mr stalin because of the relationship and the proximity mr sabirizan has towards the hillswild royal family of mr ptr's uh, generation so um <laughs> you have actually segued me to the next point right away viewers you perhaps don't know much about the grandfather and the father of parnivel tyagarajan and we are going to take a quick trip down memory lane where we are going to present you with uh, their lineage and why they consider themselves like you know we are chief minister material and so on and so forth a uh, part of the understanding of the airs that this guy puts on mr ptr can be understood from this lineage because there is a sense of entitlement after all what else does uh, rahul gandhi and priyanka gandhi have so um, you get the idea so let's take a quick look at uh, a slide show here and what we have now and jvc you can start talking to this this is the grandfather of ptr pt rajan and yeah. his claim to fame was that he was a chief minister of madras presidency great except there is always a small detail that you need to understand it wasn't as if he was there for a long time he was there for 4 months and 20 days and he is bookended on both sides by raja bobili raja bobili stepped down this man became chief minister 
and Raja Bobili came back in. I'm sure there was some, you know, uh, I don't know what palace intrigues that took place at that point. You can talk to your JVC. Then I, we will have his his uh, son, which is the father of PTR and so on. Please take it away. So Mr. P.T. Rajan is a, was a very influential person in the Justice Party at that point in time. It was around 1920s and 30s. And if I'm right, if my, if my historically uh, records are right, around 1937-38, he became the Chief Minister of Madras Presidency, then Madras Presidency. He had uh, he was a very influential figure in the Justice Party. He happens to be one of the icons of the Justice Party. And he was also the Chief Minister uh, for an interim period. And he also had his differences of opinion with uh, Mr. Uh, or E.B. Uh, Ramaswamy Nayakar or Periyar, whom we call. And uh, he had his friendship with him. He had his differences of opinion with him. And uh, Justice Party did not want to contest the election uh, post-independence. And uh, Mr. P.T. Rajan did contest elections from Kambam and also from Madurai North, if I'm right. And in Kambam, he had a resounding victory and uh, he did lose the Madurai North seat. They were the ancestral protectors of Madurai Meenakshi Amman Temple. There is also a story that he was played an important role <clears throat> in the installation of Ayappa Idol in Sabarimala today. So they have a long history and, and they also have an history of being a rebel and being dissidents and being a privileged and aristocratic family who owned huge acres of land, had a lot of influence in the British Raj time and had uh, deep pockets and also had a great influence on the Justice Party and also had dissidents of the Justice Party and uh, Mr. Periyar and another way. Absolutely. And viewers, you can go back and look at the video that uh, we had put out of my conversation with uh, Dr. Subramanian Swami about DMK and where in which he deals at length with the beginnings of the Justice Party, how this happened and so on and so forth. So that's information for you. So let's get back to the uh, father of Pyanivel uh, Tyagarajan, PTR. Uh, this is his father. Uh, can we have a little bit of history about this gentleman? He is a very, very well-renowned person. In fact, he was one of the few people in DMK. You can see him with Vibhuti and Kungumam uh, on his forehead. That speaks yes. a lot because this was a party which expelled or probably Shivaji Ganesan went out of the party for a reason that he went to Tripathi temple. <clears throat> that was the reason why Shivaji Ganesan was out. And this man was again an extremely independent person. He was in a DMK party. Uh, and these are people, you know, uh, who had a lot of influence. In 1989, when DMK came to power, this gentleman was denied the seat. In 1996, he contested and won from Madurai and became the speaker of the Tamil Nadu Assembly. In fact, he was the only person in those days who used to put Vibhuti on his forehead and Kungumam. And people used to ask him, you know, is it a kind of a dissidence which you're showing? He would say you, you would have an air around him and he would talk. He was knowledgeable, mind you, he was very knowledgeable. But he also had those kind of comments and sarcastic comments. And he would go around as an aristocrat as far as Madurai is concerned. He had tussle with the present chief minister's brother, M.K. Alagiri. And 2001, Mr. Alagiri ensured that this gentleman who was the speaker of the Tamil Nadu Assembly, lost the assembly elections. And he came back in 2006 to be the Hindu religious and charitable endowment uh, minister. And uh, unfortunately, within a few days, when he was traveling from Chennai to Madurai, this gentleman uh, uh, collapsed and he passed away. And he also had an history of, you know, having his own altercations with uh, the then Chief Minister 
Dr. Kalingar Karunanadi. And they, there is a rebelliousness. They have their independent mind and they feel that they are larger and bigger than the party. And that's how the entire lineage has uh, you know, been performing over a period of years. So let's come back to the latest controversy, which happens to be that two things that happened in the recent uh, times. One is Mr. PTR skips the GST meeting in, in an important meeting where they were going to discuss bringing petrol uh, into the GST. Because if that had happened, then the price at the pump would have been reduced theoretically by 25 to 30 rupees per uh, liter. That would have been a substantial reduction. Of course, it would have taken, uh, you know, meant a big hit for the states. But uh, what happened, do you think? Because there is a lot of stories floating around. What really happened? How can a state's finance minister, a state of the size of seven to eight crores, ignore me attending such an important meeting in uh, in favor of going to a baby shower? Okay. Uh, Mr. Iyer, I think we need to understand the context of it. The context of it was Mr. M.K. Stalin, in all his earnestness, had asked the central government to bring fuel, that is petrol and diesel, into GST. Mind you, the LPG, the cylinder, is already into GST with a 5% uh, GST, 2.5 SGST, state and 2.5 central government. Now, so the thing was, it has been going around for the last 8 to 10 months that should fuel be brought under GST, should the prices come down? Because economists have always felt that if the petrol and diesel are brought under GST, the prices would be around somewhere around 65, 75. That's the range we are talking about. So the DMK had been in favor of this. And once they came back to power, when Mr. Tagarajan became the uh, finance minister of Tamil Nadu, he was categorical in saying that we do not want to bring petrol and diesel into GST. This was a flip-flop. This was a big U-turn. And then he went to the GST meeting and he had probably arguments uh, inside the meeting or not. We are not very sure. But Goa's finance minister had his own claim and there were murmurs going around that this man threw his air around in the meeting. And he came back and he started talking about the kind of loans and arrears and you know the dues which the center owes to state government, which the finance minister of India, Srimati Nirmala Sitaraman, had clearly said, you know, if there's something to say, you know, let him share those details with me. And then on the 17th of this month, the GST meeting was scheduled in Lucknow. And this gentleman was asked, the honorable finance minister was asked, are you not attending this meeting? To which he replied, saying that the invitation came very late for me because it's not an invitation, it's an obligation. He has a seat in the council. The decisions are made unanimous in the GST council. It is not done by voting. So he has an important say. And it was discussed very clearly right in the beginning that this meeting is going to think and talk about including petrol and diesel into the GST, which is a landmark and an important decision which the citizens of India across state are looking forward to. And then he said, the invitation came late and I had other engagements and I'm I'm just going to Walagapu now. I'm going to a baby shower after this and I have an important meetings to attend. And that's what triggered this entire controversy. But that's not the only thing. There's a lot of history behind it. You know, quick history. I'll come to that a little later. Yeah, go ahead. So Sir, I so, want you to continue that backstory because there's another so the narrative that came. So the backstory is that, see, the point is that the, the finance minister of Tamil Nadu, 
is uh, as actually been a kind of a corporate employee he was there in lehman brothers when lehman brothers fell we do not know what was the role he played but he keeps talking about see every time he comes and addresses the press conferences in the media he talks about i've come from you know i've studied in mit i'm from the university of buffalo i've done this i'm a psych I'm, i've done my psychology for 5 years i have i presided over lehman brothers i've been the head of asia pacific in the standard chartered in singapore and my grandfather is this my father is this and that's the kind of thing and, and that sometimes in fact carried on and when a reporter asked when can we expect the petrol and diesel prices to be reduced because they gave in their manifesto the promise of reducing it by 5 rupees and 3 rupees he said tezi soningla tezi sonoma which means did we tell you the date and then when somebody a lady reporter asked he asked உங்களுக்கு மூல இருக்கா அறிவு இருக்கா உங்களுக்கு அறிவோடு தான் கேட்குறீங்களா உங்களுக்கு அறிவு இருக்குல்ல நீங்க கேட்க வேண்டியதுதானே அவங்களுக்கு கேட்க சொல்றீங்க விச் மீன்ஸ் பர்சனாலிட்டி and then he took upon a bjp women spokesperson saying that you drink cow urine or what so these are the kind of statements which he makes and this is the latest one you know this is the latest one which came in today morning which he had deleted a little later so these are the kind of alterations which have been going on and he, he in fact there was a rumor which floated around by mr rajagopal who is a very senior journalist from delhi who who has access to several you know even to the prime minister of the country and he had said that he had heard that a senior person who would like to stay anonymous had mentioned that mr ptr parinivel tyagarajan demanded for a separate flight for the gst council meeting which was denied by mr mk stalin so as a result of which he did not go to which again he made some very uh, lewd comments or i won't say lewd comments weird comments in in twitter and this war of words have been going on for the last few days and it has been a kind of you know uh, it was arrogance on display it was a kind of it, it came out that he was under pressure he was under pressure to prove something to somebody what is it as we go along we can discuss actually uh, absolutely so uh, let's dwell upon you said that he and the son in law of mk stalin are related can you just touch upon the relationship is it like a close relationship first cousin second cousin how is the relationship yeah i think so i i i will not be in a position to tell you i've heard that it is a close relationship how close it is you know i do not have i'm not privy to that information but i've heard that it's a close relationship they are in a kind of a close family net you know not that they are brothers you know blood brothers or something of like that kind but it could be a cousin first or second cousin kind of stuff so quick question follow up on that what are sabarishan's credentials ah uh, sabarishan's credentials sabarishan wields a lot of influence inside the party Uh, no, 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 education-wise, education-wise, I'm talking uh, about. Well, I think, you know, he, he is, he's moderately educated. He's moderately educated. I don't think he has gone to the best of schools or colleges. I've not heard about those kind of things. So, he's more of a kind of a backroom person as far as DMK is concerned till the time uh, Mr. Stalin became the chief minister. In fact, most people have not even seen his photograph on the social media. It is only after he had sworn in as the chief minister, uh, people got to see the photographs of uh, Mr. Sabarisan. Mr. Sabarisan has been credited with bringing uh, Mr. Prashant Kishore into the team. He has been credited with bringing PTR Panivel Tyagarajan from the corporate life to that of the party and made him the MLA the first time. It, it, there is a rumor that it was he who suggested his name to become the finance minister of uh, Tamil Nadu. These are the kind of things. And Sabarisan does hold a lot of, you know, 
uh, cards up his sleeve and uh, is influential. There is absolutely no two ways about it. Well, we'll have to wait and see if he's going to do a Chandra Babu Naidu on the DMK party, but we're not going to hold our breath about that. This is something that's going to play out in the days and months and uh, years to come. So, uh, next uh, point here is, so the GST council meeting has again deferred on including fuel into the GST, which is unfortunate. They should have done it. Um, now, there is one other statement that came from a very senior DMK official who was suggesting that Mr. PTR rein in his caustic comments. And, and KTS Ilangovan, I think his name is. Uh, is a senior, uh, okay, so TKS Ilangovan is a fairly senior person. And um, how much of a credibility does one attach to his comments? Does that mean that he is speaking the voice of Mr. MK Stalin? Or is it something just he did it in his individual capacity? Your thoughts? So we are not very sure whether he was speaking on capacity of MK Stalin or not. But certainly that is the voice of many senior DMK leaders in the party. Party sources tell me that there are several senior ministers. There are several because ministers are basically DMK leaders. They are all district presidents and hold important position in the headquarters. So all these people, there is a unanimous view that, in fact, I have heard that there are younger guys like, you know, Anbil Poyamori, Magesh Poyamori, who goes around his business in a very calm and a decent manner. There is Shekhar Babu. There is Ma Subramaniam. There is Dure Murugan, who is one of the most senior, most, you know, persons in the Dravida Munetra Karagam. And then there is Ponmudi, Nehru. And none of them make any noise. And all these people, I am hearing, that are of the view that this gentleman must chop his tantrums in the media, in the social media, and in the Twitter. And what Mr. Ilangovan said was, it was a resp in response to an interview uh, conducted by Sandhya Ravishankar, who is a very uh, kind of a neutral journalist, not like another journalist, you know, who, are, who behave like they are on the payrolls of DMK. Uh, she asked, and for which Mr. TK Ilangovan said, Mr. PTR Painivail Rajan, Tahitiyag Rajan, gets to get provoked he gets provoked and he should not. He should understand that he should not be speaking like this in a public forum or with a press conference. And he quoted the example of uh, Mr. Karnanadi on how he would conduct the press conferences and how he would befriend the media and actually speak that I am also one among you. And he said that should be the way you should conduct himself. And party members are not happy was clearly mentioned. And my sources say that Mr. Stalin had spoken with PTR Painivel Tyagarajan in terms of reining in and asking him to stop these kind of tantrums, but it is, doesn't seem to be stopping. I think PTR Painivel Rajan is under a lot of pressure. Okay, when I say a lot of pressure, expectations are very high. Some of his statements have been ideologically uh, tangential to what the DMK's talk has always been. Yeah, he even called Jaggi Vasudeva fraud, which are all truth. Okay, that's right. He, he has taken on everybody. Has, there is no not a single individual whom he has not taken on. So he went on to tell Mr. TK Zilangovan today that you are if you are, if I give you two kgs of shrimp, you old man, you will talk everything or anything. Two kgs of shrimp, you know that's what he, he meant. You know it was very very insulting, and he later deleted the tweet. But that's the kind of thing which is going around. So I feel that. Because DMK as a party is believes in populism. DMK as a party believes on social welfare. 
that is and there are several promises which they have given in the manifesto and mr ptr painwell tyagarajan wants to do exact opposite of what had been mentioned in the manifesto of the dmk okay which is where the conflict is arising and also the fact that he comes from the you know uh, heritage a tradition an aristocratic family having gone to the best of the colleges and the best of corporate organizations he feels probably that he can do a better job as a cm of tamil nadu than even mr mk stalin well jvc i have a request for mr ptr i think it is time you put your money where your mouth is during your grandfather's tutelage or trusteeship in the meenakshi sundareswara temple a case was won by the temple in uh, the the case was decreed by a supreme court full bench uh, led by the then chief justice mr hidayatullah it has to do with the property of vandiyur which belonged to the minakshi temple and this was uh, falsely given back to uh, the dubious owners by one tehsildar and i wonder how many shrimps kilos of shrimps was given to him but it happened under dmk's watch in 1968 you may want to fix that thing because you think you are so theist you are so god fearing you are your your paramparyam has been of you know of servitude to meenakshi sundareshwara temple please take care of this i challenge you at least see if you can even respond to what happened there sir i'm sorry to go on diverge on this one because i feel this person thinks he's a very pompous that's how i see it and and unfortunately for him or for any state finance minister with gst there is very little a state can do with its finances there's not much you can do except being fiscally prudent and that is not something that dmk knows how to do so you are starting out with zero for two in a test match and that's what the problem is anyway that's just my comments um jvc last point before we take throw open the floor for questions um uh, your thoughts on dmk pandering and dragging this neat out again and again even though clearly they know that this is not going to work that they cannot make tamil nadu students be exempt from neat in order to join medical colleges they keep doing this it's a world known secret that dmk politicians admk politicians perhaps even other party politicians own private medical colleges for which they were charging crores for admission and that's where the money was this is the main reason why they don't want neat but why does this party continue on you know putting mud on our head they're looking stupid in my opinion uh can i can i take a couple of minutes before sure, i sure, come sure. to this particular question i want to talk about something about the mr ptr because yes. there is something which people may be knowing or people may not be knowing see i was not praising ponmudi or uh, nehru or anybody uh, what, what i'm trying to tell is you know they have not behaved or tweeted the way in which mr ptr has been going on and doing that's the that's the point which i want to say and mr ptr in fact he was there when lehman brothers collapsed we do not know what role he played and he is talking about it and number 2 uh, the bank which is functioned in asia what he talks about the head of asia uh, you know it, it got closed off we do not know how many banks he, you know he has been cause for the collapse and now probably the kind of ideology which he has he could probably be the uh, you know disaster for tn economy too provided you no know, see probably whatever he talks about is good but there's something else which has been pulled in a, by the dmk ideology so it is an ex- two different directions it is moving on 
and this is where the entire challenge for mr ptr is lying he is under pressure he is having a kind of he is comparing himself and probably because of his family traditions and where he had got educated which is a privilege which he has got he feels he can even become the chief minister of tamil nadu that's what his feeling is and that's what is coming out again and again and again and as far as your need question is concerned because it's a long it's it's an other one which i can do for an hour but what i want to tell i want a very important i want to make a very important comment in your show now mr justice ak rajan has gone on record today saying that do not ask me any question on data because the data because they are talking about the social justice has been hammered because of need which is far from truth which is far from reality i have all the papers the tabular column what the data talks about need and what justice ak rajan wants us to believe is something completely different if you look at it from 2010-11 to 2020-21 let me give just one snapshot 46.89 percentage bc students 2010-11 and 2020-21 47.47 what's the problem oc 3.73 2010-11 2020-21 3.60 look at it from any parameter bc muslim you know which is called as you know 4.32 in 2010-2011 now 4.73 you can look from any angle there is no injustice and it you know when it when they compile a report they should say who are the people whom they spoke with they said we received 88000 responses through mails through messages through drop messages but who gave you those things he is not willing to own the data if a 166 page or 165 page report is published every comma every full stop every word which goes into that document will have to be owned by the person who is the editing that committee which is not the case this is a case where the conclusion has already been written the epilogue has already been written and they did everything trying to say this is where it is leading to now when you take up such an exercise or an intervention it is bound to fail and it has failed when the journalist asked him you are saying 99% of students who have passed neat have taken coaching where did you get that data he says don't ask me don't ask me for data no without data you can't publish a report of this kind so this is something where a reverse engineering was done i hope i i i hope my communication is clear on that absolutely absolutely i hear you i hear you the climax the the, the conclusion has already been written down and now we will find a way to see what all data supports it and unfortunately they miserably failed let me share with you one more thing this is going to be astounding ak rajan's report said just as ak rajan's report said that people who are poor are getting deprived of mbbs seat through neat now i have this report table 7.29 in 
Justice A.K. Rajan's committee. The thing is, percentage distribution of students' admission for MBBS per parent's income, annual income, less than 2.5 lakhs and greater than 2.5 lakhs. In 2010-2011, percentage of students whose parents had income of less than 2.5 lakhs got admission into MBBS through NEET from Tamil Nadu. In the year 2019-20, this went up to 42.55%. In the year 2020-21, percentage of students whose parents have annual income of less than 2.5 lakhs have got admission into MBBS through NEET quota. Same time, greater than 2.5 lakhs, 2010-11, 66.54 students, percentage of students got admitted whose parents had an income of about 2.5 lakhs. Today, 58.95. When I say today, it's 2020-2021. which means the students coming from affluent background percentage has come down. And students coming from economically poor background have gone up from 32.9 to 41.05. What does this have to say? I'm well, he's, for <laughs> he's being very, he, he's, he's presenting a version of his truth. And the truth, actual truth is something else. The, the sad part is, you know, we, we keep getting all these things. This is all aimed at a certain section of the audience. And I can guarantee you, JVC, and you know this probably, all the DMK channels will go to town trying to say that, ah, oh, this need, this, you know, the, the depressed are not getting their fair share, conveniently not omitting to place the data. However, many social media channels are now taking that uh, report, dissecting it, showing it for what it is, and we hope that you don't take our word for it. You can watch other channels also. Many have done a very clinical dissection of this report and you can make your own um, decisions. Uh, JVC, final thought, then we can call it a, uh, a wrap because we don't have any questions today. Final thought is, you know, uh, in the words of, I was just doing a show in Mr. Kolagala's TV. Kolagala Srinivas uh, was just sharing on NEET, which will be published tomorrow. He was saying that in 1967 or 69, uh, DMK government formed something called the Raja Mannar Committee on Central State Relations. Uh, they talked about Article 370, talked about, you know, various subjects. You know, it was about, you know, uh, you know, more powers to states and all those stuff. And even today, it is being referred to by many people. Now, same way. A.K. Rajan's committee report will also be lying and they will be talking about it. They'll be making politics about it. So that's one. As far as Mr. P.T. Varpanivil Tyagarajan is concerned, DMK has been an extremely disciplined party. And now, June, July, August, September, four months have passed, 140 days have gone. We are seeing the first sign of internal turmoil and protest and people talking in different languages. I leave it to your viewers to conclude and decide what's happening in the state of Tamil Nadu. Thank you very much, uh, Sridham. And viewers, do like, subscribe and join our membership program. We'll be back again 
a fortnight from now to talk to JVC Shriram on contemporary talk topics. This was an eye opener as far as I think the audience is concerned because I learned a lot of new things about why this person's feeling of where this person's feeling of entitlement comes from. Thank you very much, sir. And we'll be back again soon. Namaskar. Namaskar. Thank you very much. My pleasure.